Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ Podcast. Another good day is on Thursday, the 5th of August. We had fun. We talked plenty of things. Glenn Jackson took us through, the former international rugby referee, took us through a little bit of the mindset and problems that are facing current-day Referees, Andrew Goodman, your good mate, was a laugh and a joke and a slightly mischievous tone to his introduction to you. Sophie Devine talked us through the mental health challenges of all sports people and also the White Ferns tour to the UK, which is upcoming. Taylor Britt was the man who explained a little bit about 3x3 and the Tall Blacks challenges against Australia coming up in October. But we had some laughs again, mate. Crikey. We had some absolute laughs. We've had some um, great uh, chat from, from the text line as well, from our listeners that have been tuning in. But what I loved is actually chatting openly about our mental health issues within sport, but also within our workplace environments. And what I got from that was actually there is a lot of things in place for these workplace environments, which is great to see. I've had fun. Looking forward to tomorrow already, mate. We'll be in the same studio tomorrow. I'm looking forward to seeing you. Here, here. Kia and good morning to all of Aotearoa or New Zealand, depending on which side of the political ledger you tend to lean to. It is Thursday the 5th of August, we're just after 6am in the morning and this is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. We are by Kiwis and we are for Kiwis. Today we have a great show in front of us again. Gee, we've had a fun week. It's been good, good fun catching up with me old mate Izzy Dag. We're going to have some great guests today. We've got Andrew Goodman, Glenn Jackson, Sophie Devine, Taylor Britt, and we're going to talk all things sport from here in New Zealand and around the world. At any stage, get in touch with us on the Kennards Hire phone line on 0800 150 811 or send us a text on double eight double three. But it's a very good morning to my illustrious co-host who's shot the lights out down at Clearwater yesterday. Izzy Dad, good morning, my man. Morena Bears, it's great to be back. No, shot the lights out at Clearwater. You're taking, you're having a laugh now, mate. You're having a laugh. I've, I've got a bit of a problem. Um, so the golf, yeah, the golf's going good. Off the tee, very, very good. Very big. Straight down the middle. It's the next shot that's, <laughs> that's really letting me down. And uh, my wedges. I'm leaving myself about 60 to 80 metres into every hole. I'm using a 54 degree. So what's happening is I'm chunking everything. So if there's any golfers out there that are listening, I need some help on my wedges. I don't know what it is. It might be because I'm coming down too steep. I'm uh, collapsing in my knees. Do I need to come around my body a bit more? Um, I don't know what's going on. So what's happening? Yeah, I'm, t- I'm taking and like a, feels like I'm digging a hole every time I'm hitting the ball. There's an absolute chunk of dirt that just goes flying about 10 metres in front of me and the ball goes about 15 metres. So I'm chunking everything. And that's the only thing that's letting my game down um, as, as my wedges chunking it. Around the green, putting, all pretty sharp, but the wedges are no good. So Baz, yeah, 82 yesterday, 44 and 38. Uh, it's a game of two halves, 82, really. mate. I think, 
You're a bit stiff on yourself, eh? 82 is pretty, it's some pretty solid golf, especially at Clearwater. Like, that's a tough golf course. I think you just, you know. Well, after, I was even course. after seven, mate. I was even after seven, and then I got into this par three, and I was in, the, in, the, in between clubs, and I hit an eight on, and I decelerated, chunked it. So I hit two into the water on a par three. I hit seven, so I quadrupled the hole. Uh, next hole I parred it, and then I went to 18 at Clearwater. If you ever played Clearwater, 18 is pretty hard. Water all along left, out of bounds on the right. I've smoked it straight into the water on the left, and then I've tried to hit two, uh, two balls over the water onto the green. I've chunked two into the water, so I've just walked <laughs> off, picked up my ball, and just circle seven, I think it is. So, yeah. Terrible, terrible start, and then just came right on the back nine. But, um, yeah, anyone out there can help with my wedges, please, please give me a message, double eight, double three, because I'm you, in all sorts. Do you carry around one of those um, those ball scooper things to get out of the water? No. Use, so, someone here, someone's got, someone's messaging, use tomato sauce, may help. <laughs> what can I use? What, what's tomato sauce going to do, mate? Um. I, I, I actually don't, but my partner yesterday, Diffie, he, he carried one for me, so he was getting out my balls for, uh, for me. It's quite good because every time you hit one in the water, that's 10 bucks. Those those balls are very expensive, that's 10 bucks I mean. a ball. Yeah, that's what I mean. You must have some sort of ball sponsor, though. You you play a lot of golf. Surely surely you'll get some balls arrived. No, no, I don't ball have a ball sponsor. I don't have a ball sponsor. Um, but I've been, I've been using the Bridgestone. So the Bridgestone, the one that Bryson DeChambeau um, uses. I, found, I find it very, very good. It's, it's a ball that's probably got less spin. So obviously I try and um, knock its head off and hit it very hard. So there's obviously a lot of room for error. With this ball, this ball you can actually hit it and it doesn't move too much in the air. So I've been using the Bridgestone um, DeChambeau ball, which has been very, very good. What I want to know is how you, you even get the opportunity to play golf. How do you even get the chance to play golf? So you got well, kids as well. Okay, so I played at home. I played Monday, I played Monday, and then yesterday, no, Tuesday night, we had some friends over for dinner, and I was, <laughs> so, Flem hit me up, do you want to play Wednesday, and I was like, yeah, lock me in, mate, 10.48, I'm in, sign me up, hadn't told the wife, anyway, last, uh, Tuesday night, we had friends over, <laughs> this is the only time you should ask, never ask when you're alone, always ask in front of people, because she ain't going to say, say no in front of people. <laughs> She ain't gonna. She ain't gonna act like a like a dragon in front of someone else. So that's what I've done. I've waited for my mates to come, and then mid mid pizza on the, you know outside we were eating pizza, and mid that chat, you know mid that, that mid dinner, I was like, Days, can I play golf at ten forty eight? And she couldn't say no. So that's how I got two rounds in in a week. Don't worry, she said to me, no more, Izzy. No more, Izzy. We've got so much to do around this house, and we do, to be honest. We do. We've got plenty. She made me. So what happened? My friend turned up uh, on Tuesday night. I haven't seen him for three weeks. Haven't seen him for a, for a long time. He's come all the way from Hawke's Bay with his wife and two kids. He's turned up, and Daisy, as soon as he walks in the door, Daisy's like, hey, hey, Sam, do you reckon um, do you reckon you could go with Izzy and pick up these 20 sleepers? And if you know what sleepers, mate, they're about 100 <laughs> kilos each, and he's turned up in his suit, and these things have been outside for three years, so they're covered in mould, they're covered in dirt, so Sam has to come with me up the road to pick up these 20 sleepers, and he's just walked in the door. So, Sam, if you're listening, I apologise, mate. Sorry about that. <laughs> but he got a good pizza, so at least there's some upside there. Right? 
<laughs> yeah, he got a good pizza. Good wood fire pizza, Bez. Uh, if you've had a wood fire pizza, oh, you'd never ever go go out and, and get a get a pizza in the store because they are just so so good, man. They taste so good. Izzy, there's a little bit of uh, feedback here for you on the text machine for your um your chunking chipping problem. I'll read one out here. Here we go. Um, morning, fellas. Put the ball further back in your stance, mate. Half swings, bruh, and click it or or use a different club, e.g. a pitching wedge, wedge and half hit it. All right. Fair enough. Oh, so okay. That okay. See, that's what happened yesterday. Good to see you hitting so the fairways. I've seen you on plenty of wrong fairways at Pegasus. <laughs> Cheers from <laughs> Willie from Pegasus. <laughs> Willie, don't you lie. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> uh, he's not wrong. Oh. He's not wrong. Oh, that's why I said, Bears, with the Bridgestone, you can hit it. You, you know, you can absolutely whack it. And Pe- Pegasus is, is quite open, so you can afford to go left or right. Whereas Clearwater, you go left or right, you're in the water. Here you go, mate. And, and there's a little bit of consistency in this message because this one's from Dave. Izzy, when playing your wedges, make sure most of your weight is on the front foot. Maybe set the ball back in your starts. Keep your head down. There you go. Oh. So there's a see that's you know, the same you know Damon, kind of you know, you know Damon Smith. Yeah, Damon Smith. Yeah. So Damon yeah, was mate. trying to tell Trousy. me that yesterday. He was trying to, trouser. Yeah, trouser. I was playing against trouser yesterday. Oh, thanks, trouser, for that seventy bucks. It felt so good taking that off you, mate. So appreciate it. <laughs> um, but trouser was trying to tell me mid round. You need to hit it off the back foot. <laughs> yes, gamble responsibly, hundred <laughs> um, percent. Trouser was trying to tell me mid round. Hey. You should Probably hit it off the back foot, but I'm thinking, nah, he's trying to stuff me up even more. But I think he's right. So what I'm doing is, yeah, I'm hitting it from the middle of my club, and I think I'm getting too steep. Maybe I need to just just go down, go go up a club a bit more, and just de- um slow the swing down. And so I'll, I'll have to hit to the head to the range, bears, and and give it some practice. But um, yeah, cheers for that, Dave. Appreciate it. What about um a little bit of feedback from yesterday? We we put a, a Twitter poll out there on um. Because you obviously brought to the table that you had a bit of a bit of an issue with with Daisy. Well, Daisy had a bit of an issue with you trying to get ready and prep for work, and she thought that you should be sharing at the other end of the house, not to wake her up. If if I can paraphrase, and so we put that out on um, on Twitter, and the response was was interesting, is wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was. So uh, we've put out a poll, and uh, while getting up before the crack of dawn, out there providing for his whanau, Izzy Dag has been told to shout at the other end of the house, turn what week is wide off, wife up. What do you think? Yep, fair play, or G tough on Daggy. So the results are in, and I'm pretty shocked with this. I think Daisy's got all her friends to come on on, on our Baz and Izzy Breakfast Twitter page and vote for, yep, fair play. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think he's probably right. So so the, the solution is, Baz, I've actually won. I've actually won, mate. I woke up this morning, and Daisy's not there. She's not in my bed. She's gone to the kids' bed. She's left the room middle of the night, and she's gone to the other room. So I've won, bud. I've got my shower. I can do what I want. And I'm not going to – she wanted to ring up, actually. She wanted to ring up and, and, and say the reason that I uh, that she woke up and Arlo woke up. I, I don't want to say it on air, but it must have been a bit of a noise while I was going on – going to the toilet there must have been just something a little squeaky thing that might have just woke up my son that just might have popped out i didn't mean to but it might have just popped out all right i didn't mean to do it but it just squeezed out 
Ah, <laughs> oh, the old wood fire pizza strikes again. <laughs> maybe, maybe Daisy's just got, maybe Daisy's just got more influence than what you've got is when it comes to the social media stuff. Because oh, I think she's maybe she's she definitely does. won that poll. She has, she has, mate. No, no, we had a, it was a great, it was a great morning and great day yesterday. But um, we got a good text actually. Uh, good morning, lads. Just want to flick a quick text to commend you on yesterday's discussion around re- mental health. I listened from the start of the show to the finish. It was refreshing and also nice to hear you boys let the walls down a little. When t- blokes like you three talk about it, it makes those who may be going through something know it can be happen to anyone. Best in their field of sports, people like you lads, along with Average Joe. Well done, lads. Well done, Mark. Hey, uh, yeah, that's... That's what that's what it was all about yesterday, um, Baz, especially for for myself. Um, you know, obviously we've played at the highest of levels, and you know some people might you know respect us, look up to us, um, but the reality is we are just humans. We all have feelings. We are the same. You know, we, we're no different. We're no better. We're no worse than than anyone else out there. So for us to be able to front it and, and speak about it, hopefully we can help people out there that are struggling. So that's what I got from yesterday, mate. And, uh, yeah, a text like that just makes it all worth it. Yeah, too right, mate. And and following on from that, we've actually got Sophie Devine on the show uh, today too. And she's, of course, the white fern skipper. And she took some time out this season um, to just be able to recalibrate um, her own um, headspace and, and just to deal with a couple of mental health issues as well. Um, and Amelia Kerr has uh, obviously opted out of the, the uh, Whiteford side on the same kind of grounds. Now, a lot of those mental health um, situations too, they're not. it's not just because of sport. I think that's what one thing we should probably chat about and maybe we ask Sophie about. But a lot of the time it's what's going on the rest of your life and then sport can heighten or or further challenge the situation that you find yourselves in. So I think there's a nice, there's, there's quite a nice sort of um, difference there rather than saying that it's sport which is driving you to face these challenges. There's challenges in all walks Bez, of life. Bez, so sport I just want to talk to you, Bez. I just want to talk to you. Um, what I've found is, is when I'm feeling amazing and when I'm feeling so good is when I go out and I uh, do a little bit of exercise. You know, I put some, get the endorphins flowing. I, uh, I, you know, I do something that's kind of uh, physically a little bit challenging. And I find when I'm when I'm inactive, that's probably when I'm, I'm at my highest, um, at my lowest mentally. Uh, would you agree, mate? You find a bit of exercise and getting movement in the body is it does wonders for for your mindset. Yeah, definitely. We chatted about this a little bit, didn't we, bro? Like we sort of said, you know, this we're going to be doing this for a while. Well, in case you know we get thrown off, which is a possibility well, but anyway um we're going to be doing this for a while so so you know we're we're going to have to get used to the 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 routine of getting up early doing our thing and then trying to find a way to get some exercise into us because as former mm. athletes as well it's such been such a big part of our life so we need to be able to whilst engaging in the family stuff um post work we still need to get some exercise not just for our own physical well-being but as you said mate spot on for your own mental well-being and to be able to ensure that your mind's still ticking over. So absolutely spot on, mate. And yeah, yeah. And, and golf definitely fits in that category, I'm sure. I just haven't won that battle. Does, it, does, does walking Honestly. 18 holes, does that count, mate? Does walking 18 holes count as a bit of exercise? Well, 
The way you go, and you hit it down the middle, it's about seven kilometres. The way I go, it's about 10 kilometres because I hit it off to the right and rather short. So <laughs> it definitely counts as exercise. <laughs> I just haven't managed to haven't managed to get out and pass the boss yet that it, it is justifiably exercise. And the fact that I might have a couple of quiet sherbets on the way around is just hydrating. Anyway, we digress. Um, we've got plenty to talk about today, mate, but why don't um, why don't we come back shortly? So anyway, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It is 17 minutes past six in the morning, and thanks to Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. 22 minutes past six on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Remember, 0800 150 811 is the Kennards Hire phone line. We want to hear from you all throughout the morning. If you've got any golf solutions for Izzy, get in touch. And 8833 is the text line. A great text here. Doesn't matter if you're in the right or wrong, Izzy. Us husbands all know this will, how this will end. The other shower it is, Paul Christchurch. Well, Paul, actually, no. Izzy managed to get the upper hand there. But thank you for texting. And anytime you do text, you could be going away with a temper bed valued at $10,000 for text of the month. And the text of the week, remember, wins a temper pillow too with $299. Paul obviously hadn't quite worked out that you got the last laugh there is. I got the last laugh. I sure did, but that's not how I want it to end. I want to have, you know, I want to have a snuggle with my wife during the night. But at the moment, <laughs> I've got my son next to me. That's another problem. That's another problem. I wake up and Arlo's there. I'm like, oh, Arlo, please. And he is so annoying. He has to have his hand on you all throughout the night. So he's got his hand, and then he puts his feet in my ribs. Oh, so constantly getting a dis- uh, you know, disrupted sleep throughout the night. But anyway. It's all good, Bez. How are you? Well, I'm just, I was listening to Louis then and saying that about your golf concerns. Well, at least you get to the golf course. I can't even get to the golf course, mate. So, oh, yesterday, okay? So we finished on here. I'm going to get in so much trouble for this too. But anyway, I'm going I'm, I'm to vent. I'm going to vent to the nation. So, so we finish it on here and we go and do our broadcasting standards thing, which we probably should have done well before we started, but we ticked it off yesterday. And then, and then what do we do? Well, I've got parent-teacher interviews, haven't I? So, boom, straight down to the parent-teacher <laughs> interviews. Smash out those. Kids going good. Maya, tick. Evie, tick. Riley's over at boarding schools. Haven't, haven't caught up on his one yet, but we will. So, tick, tick. They're all good. Then what do we do? Oh, Baz, can you go around to the, the house around there and sort out that carport we're doing? Yeah, yeah, no worries. Oh, by the way, I've got a hair appointment over in Cambridge. Can you have the kids? No problems. Love to have the kids parent-teacher day. Love to. Going to go and watch some Olympics. What should we do? I'll take them to the pub. So I went, took them to the pub because <laughs> I wanted to watch the New Zealand Olympians and and support my you know fellow Kiwis and, and their quest for success on the global stage. So I had not just my kids, but I had um, another uh, one of the friends' kids as well. So three lots of chicken nuggets with chips and a, and a nice cold cold pint for, for myself. Sat there for a couple of hours, got through that, had a horse racing later on, get home, go, I might just squeeze in a game of squash. So, what do you mean? I've, I've, got a, I've got netball. I was like, oh, oh okay. Yeah, all right, sweet ass. Oh, should, should I feed the horses or do you want to feed the horses? So, so I'll, that's right, I'll badge and feed the horses. So, they, <laughs> so, they, so we took that off, and then this goes to netball, and then um, and then so I ma- I managed to then 
get the kids all ready and you know, all bath and ready into bed. And then I'm just an absolute heap. And it falling a heap on the couch. And she gets home from Netflix and I just fall asleep, mate, on the couch. And I'm out on my feet wondering, wish I had a problem with chunking my irons at the moment, but I can't even get to a golf course. Oh. Anyway, that was mate, a bent one. Did she, come, did she come over did she come over and throw the throw a bit of glass of water in your face and tell you to get up? Because we are, reality is, mate, we only work three hours. Come on, bears, we're all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's kinda what I felt like. <laughs> Do you know how my brothers, they'll be listening to this. I went home obviously last week, uh, for mum's funeral and you know, I was a little bit little bit tired and weary and they were right right into me they were like what you worked 15 hours oh well done well done <laughs> brother well done oh how does that feel 15 hours i was like mate that was a tough 15 hours i'm getting up at four third you know and they're like mate i work 15 hours in a day and i'm digging holes because one of them's a drain layer so he's digging holes and doing all that hard work so yeah reality is just it's mentally draining isn't it Baz? mentally draining oh Oh, I tell you what, four four a.m.s early for us fellas. So, like, keep in mind we've had our little sporting career, I guess we call it that, where we sort of were able to kind of just blow with the wind when it came to structures and schedules. And now we're up at four a.m. It's a bit of a shock to the system, but as someone just texts in, need to go back on tour, bass. Also, boys, also thanks for the early morning horse tips. Nice winner in the skyrocket from the last race at Cambridge yesterday. We're going to talk about that later on, Mark. But thanks for your text on double eight double three. I'm sure Louis can update us on that later on. But, yeah, that was just a bit of a vent. And, no, I'm going to be in so much trouble later on. But that's okay. I'll yeah, that yeah, we've, we've gone off on a, on a tangent here life. about home life. So, we luckily, lucky our wives are hopefully sleeping and they won't hear this. But anyway, it's been a great morning. We've got lots of sport. We've had a great night on sport, Bears. Obviously, uh, our sailing boys coming fourth, Hanson and Wilcox finishing fourth. So they're just missing out on a, weight, uh, on, on a medal there. And their weight, uh, weightlifting, I was watching the weightlifting last night. It was so, it was so amazing. Our David Leti came fifth uh, in the super heavyweight division. 178 in the snatch, 236 in the clean and jerk with a total of 414th. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was watching his Instagram last night. He is the highest-placed Olympian for New Zealand uh, weightlifting at the Olympics, so well done to him. And then, obviously, our good friend Lydia Ko. Hopefully we can get her on the show in the next uh, couple of days post the Olympics to have a chat. She's currently one under, tied for 16th. And then... The New Zealand team pursuit, Aaron Gates. I watched that race crashing out in the bronze medal race against Australia. Um, yeah, pretty pretty gutter for, for him. Hopefully he's not too sore. Um, they were going really well, actually. We we're, were all just in front of, of Australia in that race. Would have got a bronze, but never mind. Wasn't meant to be. Yeah, no, it was a good update, mate. And we're currently sitting on six golds for New Zealand. We have Lisa Carrington this afternoon. Can she get to five personally? That is at 3 p.m. today, so still plenty to watch when it comes to the Olympics, but it is almost 6.30 in the morning, so that means that we go to the voice of reason and the person who keeps us all in line at this time in the morning. It's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand.
Wasn't it awesome to have some live sport on a weeknight on SENZ? It's 28 minutes away from 7, Trudy, and yes, the cricket last night, and Baz, England actually, maybe in a little bit of strife, as Isha Gore pointed out, but it is time for our Love Racing update, so we'll talk some cricket shortly. Love Racing is your home for everything thoroughbred racing, and yesterday, Stephen Marsh Racing and Alamode was your home for everything winning. Baz? Yeah, well, I did mention on air that we had Alamo going around the last at Cambridge on the synthetic, but I did think he was a little short, to be honest. And look at the 800, Danielle had him tucked away, three back on the rail, and I was a little concerned. Um, but then she got him out and um, and just got him into a beautiful, beautiful sort of rhythm. And he put them away quite convincingly, actually. So that's his first win. He only paid about two $2.50 on a day where the favourites were getting rock and rolled all through the card. So we'll, we'll take that. But I know that I'm going to be in trouble with my old mate because <laughs> I didn't I didn't steer him into it with any real conviction. So I know your theory is on the on the tail. I'm, on the I'm nose, so never gutted. on the tail. I'm so <laughs> gutted. Like, he, that's what I want to know. And Mark wants to know. He's obviously jumped on it. All your tips, boys. Like, you're creating a bit of a following out there. I'll, I'll be honest. When I play golf on a Wednesday... Uh, one of my golfers, I gave him the Goethe tip, and he um, he smashed its nose, so he was very, very happy. Um, <laughs> but, boys, I want tips, and I want odds. That two $2.50, that's double your money, mate. I'm, I'm happy with that. So, if I, uh, yeah. It's a bit of a tough one, though, because I've got 96 cents in my TAB account, <laughs> so I've got nothing to punt. <laughs> so all these tips, I can't do anything about it. It's, it's no good to me. It's, get in line, brother, because there's nothing worse than topping your account up when you don't even know if anything's coming back. And trust me, we've all been there. It's actually paid $2.90 as well, Baz, and you're right. Tucked away, but it did no work, and I guess that's the key because when Danielle gets them out, they run for her, don't they? So congratulations to Brenda McCallum, owner of a, a lovely wee horse. How did you get into this one? Yeah, so actually Stephen Marsh um, bought it on Gavel House, um, the online platform uh, here in New Zealand, which seems to be just serving up winners after winners and opportunities. And um, and he, I think we paid $5,500 for it, which is by horse racing standards quite a cheap entry into a thoroughbred. And he did say he felt it was going to be a bit of a cups horse. Now, it got injured, so it had a bit of, a, a bit of an issue with its back. Um, so we're probably back about 12 months. But now I guess we can we can kind of push on with it and see where it gets to in the summer. Um, but, yeah, just, he's certainly worth following. Of course, last week he he ran a place. Um, mm-hmm. And then on the quick backup comes out and puts him away by about three or four le- lengths going away over 2,000 metres. So, look, he might have a little bit of a future. He's a six-year-old now, so in terms of value, is probably not a huge amount in there residually. But... You know, we might have a bit of fun with them, Louie, and hopefully we can all make a quit on Baznizzi for breakfast. Oh, that'd be anything outstanding. on today, boys? Anything on today? No, on. Nothing on tip. today. Nothing on today is he. Well, oh. of course they're racing in Australia, but we love racing and love racing. Nz looks after us. So Wanganui tomorrow, but then Izzy, Ruakaka, and Rickerton yes. Park on Saturday. There will be winners there. There will be winners. So we will find you something. Beautiful.
We will find Thank you, you very much. You something, my friend. 25 minutes away from seven. After this, oh, he's dominant. He's been dominant upon his return. The quiz master, the is master. 0800 150 Do you want a $50 bonus bet to be able to punt Baz's next winning tip? 0800 150 Quizzy Dag coming right up. 19 minutes away from 7 o'clock on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on a lovely Thursday morning. Double eight double three is the text line. Get in touch with us if you want to be sleeping so sweetly on a temper bed valued at $10,000. And remember, the text of the week also gets a temper pillow. 0800 150 is the Kennard's higher phone line. And that's how you get on the phone if you want to play this. Quizzy Dag. A quiz for the ages to prove yourself. The quiz master, the is master, stay with me. Oh, this might be an absolute disaster. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, if you think you got what it takes, give us a call on 0800 150 811. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. You know what time it is. It's Quizzy Dag. You think you got what it takes? Give us a call. 0800 150 811. We've got a few callers online. You know the drill. Get five right, you win $50. Courtesy of the TAB. Easy, simple. Yeah, right. Here we go. We got Matt. Matt, you there? Yeah, mate. Ready to go. Good morning, Matt. You know the, you know the drill. Five questions. Get them all right. It's all yours. First question. Japan's youngest Olympic medalist won silver yesterday in women's park skateboarding. How old was she? Uh, I may, I don't know. I'm having a punt. 12, 12, 13, 12, 12, 12. 12. What a punt. Well, that's a great guess. Good (laughs) on you. Next question. Ollie White's and all-white star Chris Wood plays for which English Premier League side? Burnley. Beautiful. Who is the coach of the Silver Ferns? Five. No, uh... Four. No, uh... Three, two. There it goes. Yep, yeah, I'll give you that one. Duncan Land, coach, which New Zealand Olympic swimming champion? Daniel Loader. Man, you're on fire today, Matt. All right, last question for 50 bucks. Can he do it? The Invincibles was given was the name given to a famous New Zealand team in which sport? Easy. Rugby. Yeah. There you go. Well done, Matt. Well done, mate. You just aced it, aced it. I, I was actually quite impressed with the first question. Twelve. How'd you how'd you get twelve? Did you hear yep. it somewhere or just guess? No, I, mate. I didn't even know there was a medal yesterday for that. I I knew there was a thirteen year old last week and assumed it was about the same or a bit younger. So absolute punt. Oh, awesome. Well, well done, mate. Gamble responsibly. You know the drill, but awesome. Thanks for your time, Matt. Thanks, boys. Love the show. Awesome, Thanks, mate. Hey, well, there you is, go, Baz. That was is, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, the last question of, uh, to me, the, the jury's out on the last question, though. Because Why? Oh, that's so easy. Surely we should have asked him. What we should have asked him is what year was that team? Not just the sport. Yes. We should have said what year yes. was the yes, team. Yes, yes, yes. You know yes. what I mean? 
No, you're right. You're right. The Invincibles was the name given to a famous New Zealand team in which sport? Which sport is it? Rugby. Definitely should have said which sport yeah. and year. The question should yeah. have been. Yeah, and then that would have it would have just been a little more challenging, wouldn't it? Yeah, because we had some we had a few callers online. So thanks to everyone that that's called up for the quizzy dag quiz. We really appreciate your support. But yes, totally agree. We, you think that's a bit too easy, Bears? I reckon you're going to cop a spray actually on the text on double eight double three for just being Father Christmas again when it comes quizzy dag. You're just giving out you're like uh, gifts out left, right, and uh, centre. Fifty dollar bonus bet here. Fifty dollar bonus bet there. Just, uh, uh, Okay, well, uh, I'm, I'm sorry that you've obviously lost a fair bit to the TAB over the years and you're probably a bit gutted because that's your $50 that's going flying out the door. Uh, but I'm just trying to be nice. I'm all about giving to people bears and I just want to be generous and it's not my money. So thanks to the TAB, I really appreciate your support. We love you. <laughs> but I mean, what about all the others out there like? I remember that fellow who gave us, Brian, who gave us the spray yesterday about how we just may as well let them Brian, Google Brian's it. A, Brian slept in. We haven't heard from him this morning, so Brian slept in. <laughs> yeah, Brian has slept in. Maybe Brian got hold of his temper pillow and he had a real sound sleep all the way through the night. <laughs> oh, crikey. Oh. Um, now, coming up soon as well, mate, we've got... Um, We've got a guest I'm really looking forward to. Well, while you're away, we we discussed 3x3 basketball at the Olympics, and I sort of become a bit of the correspondent for the show um, on 3x3 basketball. No different to you and eventing and equestrian um, at uh, at the Olympics. But this um, 3x3 basketball, I actually did a little bit of research. Well, of course I did because I'm the correspondent on it. And it is a massive, massive game. And we've got Taylor Britz coming up next, who is um, the tall black, but he's also been named in the 3x3 tall blacks, but he's from the Canterbury Rams too, and it'll be interesting to chat to him. But there's some fascinating stats. They reckon it's the largest urban team sport in the world, with over 250 million players worldwide. And it's ranked among the most played recreational sports on the planet. That, that is staggering. 250 million people worldwide. Don't you find that fascinating? What a stat. That is very, very fascinating, mate. And I'm not surprised because I know with, within the uh, the All Blacks environment when I was involved, a lot of the players used to love going down to the courts and playing a bit of three-on-three, three, you know, the Ricos, the TJs. TJs actually, I hate to say it, he's actually really good at basketball. He is so, so good. Oh, oh here we go. We've got a few Texas coming in. I would. So Matt, <laughs> I who obviously you, won the I quiz. Uh, Matt, who won the he's, They're just jumping on your bandwagon, uh, Bears. Honestly, um, <laughs> honestly, make it a challenger fall from James. He's obviously woken up. He's like Brian. He's woken up on the left side of the bed. Izzy's quiz is the softest thing going. Okay, give us a call tomorrow, James. Then put it. Put your you know, put your mouth on the line, bud. Just Can't a, wait to see you tomorrow. Let's give get us a call. Him the, hey? Get his number, Kieran. Get, get his number. We give, James is on the quiz and tomorrow. I'm We're going to you tomorrow, and I'll double it. You get it right, mate. I'll give you a handy. From the tab. There you go. <laughs> give us a call, James. Hey, come on. <laughs> I'm waiting for you. Out. Just go to <laughs> You're just making up gifts now. Just give him the $50, <laughs> eh, James? What do you reckon? Anyway, it's 6.49 in the morning. Coming up next is Taylor Britt, the 3X3 tall blade. Looking forward to that. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast. 
Six and a half minutes away from seven o'clock on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We're going to stop and have a little cafe break shortly, but before then, we're getting to Taylor Britt. And if you call the show at any stage, we could be hooking you up with the All Blacks experience. Now, this is an excellent, excellent uh, thing to be a part of. All you have to do is call 0800 150 811 any show, any time, and you could be in for that All Blacks experience, all thanks to Ballpark Entertainment. But last week, Baz just announced himself to the 3x3 scene. Well, the 3x3 scene, or to us who know the game so well, street ball or street basketball, as it's commonly known, uh, known lads. Uh, yeah, it is its debut at the Olympics this year. The two sides, the men's team that won was Latvia and the women's side was the US of A. 3x3 basketball was played over half court. There's one hoop. There's three players per team with one sub. There is no coaches anywhere to be seen on the court. Just how players like it. And the, one of the biggest strengths of three-on-three basketball is that it can be played anywhere. It is encouraged to be played in front of loud music and with plenty of entertainment. It's a little bit like T20 cricket or the 100. And it is taking the game of basketball to the masses. And the Tall Blacks have got a competition coming up against Australia in October where there's going to be a mammoth of games being played. And one of the first names on the team sheet is Canterbury Rams Gun. And there's Taylor Britt, and he joins us this morning. Good morning, Taylor. Uh, good morning. Mate, firstly, congratulations on being named, and I guess you get a bit of a buzz out of being selected for such a historic event like this. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's, it's especially special getting to play uh, Australia. Uh, but, yeah, every time you get to uh, wear the black singlet, it's a... Uh, such an honour and yeah because it is the first time we're kind of doing it it makes it even that much better as well Mate I said just before we went to um, the break that this it's the largest urban team sport in the world with over 250 million players worldwide ranked among the most played recreational sports on the planet that's according to the ESSEC who was commissioned by the IOC but that's staggering claim isn't it 250 million players worldwide yeah it's pretty amazing um, I, I didn't know that but I, I knew that basketball in general was just one of the fastest growing sports and I think it is the fastest growing sport in New Zealand but three on three is definitely a compact version that's a lot a lot easier to play anywhere you only need six guys and it's a lot of fun it's, lot, it's very fast paced and it's yeah it's it's very fun to play. Hey, mate, Izzy here. Um, I just want to ask you about the game tactically. Is it does it is there a much difference from the five man game? Like obviously, uh, two players less. So do you go on it tactically a bit more prepared, or just play freestyle? Um, it's there is a bit of tactics to it. Uh, with threes being worth double the amount of points as everything else, it's um. It's it's pretty big to shoot as many threes as you can, uh, but then at the same time, it's a very it's much more physical, and the refs let a lot more go than the five on five. So you, you need to uh, be able to be able to take that contact and then try and get as many threes as you can. Which I think our team has a nice blend of got a few big guys that are nice and strong, but also very skilled players as well. And everyone can shoot a three, so I think that's. That's the main thing tactically is 
trying to get threes up as much as you can and get to 21 quickly. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that. So the, the body sizes, you won't like you won't traditionally go for a point guard. You want you want big men that can obviously rebound, but also shoot and have got good movements. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, there's not really traditional, I guess you say, big men that uh, most utilise. I guess cause sometimes they can't shoot a three, but yeah, the big big guys that can move well. Uh, Typically, the guys that really stand out. Talking to Taylor Britt, a 3x3 tall black and Canterbury Ram a genius. Now, mate, um, you mentioned there the scoring structure is 20, first to 21, or it's a time as well, isn't it? So can you just clarify that? Yes, that, that's true. I believe it's yeah, 21 points, uh, threes are worth two, and everything in the inside the three-point arc is one point and then it is whoever is winning at the end of the time which I believe awesome. is alright well, that, well that's really really cool that you could join us on Baz and Izzy for breakfast I've been an advocate of 3x3 basketball since the Olympics begun and can't wait for the franchise model to take off around the world and we can try and get a piece of it you can be one of our foundation players Taylor thank you very much mate and all the best for the the series against Australia in October. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Good man. There you go, Wiz. Hey? They're oh, right man. there. That was we awesome. talk about a sport. We... That was awesome, mate. I wanted to ask him about our genuine chances, like uh, obviously going in. And, and with a team like the USA, would they bring a couple of the big, yeah, the big guns to the party? So, uh, yeah, it was awesome, mate. Yeah, well, for more of that after this, we've got, it's time for a bit of a McCafe stop for us, and it's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Good morning. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. And it is just after 7 a.m. on Thursday, the 5th of August. The week is going fast. And we've had a good chat to Taylor Britt this morning. We've had a few laughs as well, a couple of gripes, a couple of events, which will end us, land us in a whole lot of hot water at home. But are the steps and the depths we're prepared to go to to entertain everyone else. Uh, we've had a bit of fun. We've got some pretty cool stuff coming up as well. We've got Glenn Jackson coming up shortly, and he's going to chat to us a little bit about some a refereeing, a little bit of the controversy around the, the Lions versus South Africa and that conversation around Rassi Erasmus and his uh, vitriol that he went on on Twitter around the officiating in that series. Um, just another one was yesterday we had Isha Gura on the show, and she talked about how bowling was going to dominate that series between India and England. Well, she was on the money if you were listening, and you may well have gone along to the TAB and got a little slice of that because England were bowled out for 183 in favourable conditions with only Joe Root being able to offer any sort of resistance with the half century. You can listen to all of that cricket as well live on SCNZ right throughout the five-test summer and that is fantastic to have some of our best commentators on the airwaves and bringing cricket out and about live. 
Izzy, it's been a good morning so far, my friend. It's been a great morning, Bears. Yeah, Isha Guhart, I was very, very impressed with her. Um, she is super amazing what she what she's, uh, what she does for a living. She's so good on the airways, and uh, it was a super privilege to have her on on our show, uh, digressing the game England versus India. But we've got a few texts, actually. Brian's awake. He's up. Boys, <laughs> Brian has a proper job and is always here. Isn't the quiz much more interesting when you draft out the internet warriors? To be fair, having sports radio back is outstanding. Even if a few hosts are still a work in progress. I'm guessing that's me, Brian. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for those kind, Us, kind friend. words. I really yeah. <laughs> oh, We're still a work in progress, mate. But you've obviously got up and you've turned the radio on and you still have faith. So we really, really appreciate that. And then we've got a tweet in here. Quizzy Dag should be rebranded as Givy Dag. Cheers, TAB Sport. That's from Corey. Thanks, Corey. Got a great question, actually. One said, pop in an AFL question occasionally. That'll stump a few. So there you go. There you go. I'll chuck in a few AFLs and we'll go back to the 1800 sport. And I can't wait to give James a call for Quizzy Dag tomorrow. So be prepared, James, if you're listening. All right. <laughs> We're moving forward. We got the wonderful Glenn Jackson online. Tensions between Rassi Erasmus and the match officials have spa- spilled over during the Lions tour after Erasmus' bizarre long video last week. And World Rugby deciding he will race a misconduct hearing over it. The play they play the decider this weekend though, just as they play our first Bedislow test against the Wallabies. Referees and match officials are an integral part of sport, and one man who knows. That very well is Glenn Jackson, a former player and now a coach and a world-class ref as well. G'day, Glenn. How are you, bud? Morning, fellas. How are you going over there? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. Um, did this whole situation uh, make you scratch your head a bit with uh, Rassi doing that video? And, and what were your thoughts on that, mate? Yeah, oh, no, I didn't really. He's had a bit of a history. I think uh, he did it once with Owen Farrell's tackle, I think, in a, in a game that uh, up in Twickenham. So he's certainly got a bit of track history around uh, loving his YouTube channel and, and sort of publicising what refs have done right or wrong. So, um, yeah, no, it's, but it's obviously not great for, for Nick Berry, who was the referee then, and then and then obviously the pressure leading into the second test for Ben O'Keefe, which I thought he did a wonderful job. But uh, a massive series like that, it's sort of the stuff you don't really need and, and want in the game. Uh, are we in dangerous territory here if this behaviour isn't stamped out? Like, you know, a head coach going out and publicly doing that to a referee, that's not good for the sport and not good for referees in general? No, you're right. It's, uh, it's a tough enough game as it is. And, um, you know, it's uh, under always under the spotlight at the moment, especially in rugby. And, you know, it's certainly a, a very difficult task to do as it is, let alone um, the criticism you're getting from, from coaches uh, publicly. Look, there's no, there's no doubt about it. Then certainly have it behind closed doors and, and be an open conversation. But, um, you know, just to have it out publicly like that is, is, is very dangerous waters and certainly something we don't need because we've got a lot of good young referees trying to come through the grade and, and you know, you see that sort of carry on and it's probably second guess whether you want to do it or not. Mm. Mate, that's a good point just about the good young referees coming through the grade and, and the questioning of whether you want to do it or not. I, I was watching a club game in the weekend, or a school game actually, and there was one referee who was subjected to 
abuse. I wasn't there at the time. I came a little bit after. Um, he actually stopped the game. It was an under-13 game. He went, actually stopped the game, went over, and addressed the two people who were yelling out all sorts of swear words and criticism. What I mean, that is such a difficult thing for a referee who's given up their time um, and, and trying their best, first of all. But what... What um what can be done to be able to provide more support for these kinds of people and the referees to be able to act on that? That's a good point, Baz. He's obviously got Peter Hearn as that voice they put on him, but um, I think um, it's certainly a, a sort of uh, area that we, or as referees, try and, and try and stamp out. But it's pretty intimidating uh, sort of thing to do. I, I know that uh, New Zealand rugby have done a. A uh, hell of a lot of work trying to, you know, have good sideline behaviour. But uh, it's a game of rugby, and it doesn't matter where you go, you, you always hear the sort of uh, yelling and, and encouragement, I guess, of referees' performances. So it's um, it's certainly something I think as parents and and spectators we we don't want to do. But you get in the heat of the moment, and and people sort of lose the plot quite easily around some decisions. So. Uh, like I said, New Zealand trying really hard around it. Um, there is other ways of having reports, but you know a lot of referees don't want to do that because that then carries on till Monday and Tuesday. So yeah, it's just it's just the battle of the game, and, and really we want this good sideline behaviour. Um, I think there's a lot more around um, trying to keep people back from the sideline, but uh, at the end of the day, it's still still sport, and Kiwis love to get into it. So it's uh, it's a, it's a very fine balance of enjoyment versus um, you know. Getting, getting the game um, carried away and, and poor behaviour. Yeah, I guess New Zealand Rugby Union, they did do that. Um, they ran that, uh, what was it, campaign, I guess, to continue to try and stamp out that stuff, but surely must more must be done. However, um, mate, what about you now? You're, uh, you're not actually uh, international rugby referee anymore. You're sort of doing a few different things in and around coaching and, and trying to adapt the, the rugby, the refing skills to, to teams, and what else is going on? Oh, I look forward to doing a few wines as you're doing Gibson Valley there, mate. But uh, that, um, oh. yeah, so helping coach uh, Fiji, which has been um, which has been good this year. Obviously, with uh, a couple of games against the All Blacks, I think the boys uh, certainly gave it their best shot. Obviously, against a pretty good All Black team, which we'll find out how they are this week against Aussie. Should be interesting. So. Um, that, that's been good, and then um, just a, sort of waiting to see what happens uh, with uh, the drone and moving forward with Super Rugby, seeing how that looks like. But uh, at the moment, uh, it's been good to step away from the refereeing stuff. I still help with a bit of junior development of refereeing in New Zealand, so that, that's been good to keep my hat on me. But uh, sort of, uh, to be able to watch this, I think uh, this year especially, I think uh, refereeing. Well, the game has become very difficult in terms of trying to get everything right, so it's, uh, it's nice just to be on the other side for once. Hey, there's a question here, and it must have been Baz that wrote it, who were some shocking arguers. I'd just like to apologise for that game in 2016, uh, Hurricanes v Crusaders, <laughs> when I was spraying you and Brendan Prickerel. I know you're out there, Brendan. I apologise for that, mate. I lost it. I was in the red. I was disappointed. So I was part of the reason you probably gave up, mate. There's some absolute shockers out there. So sorry about that. But, um, look, I want to look on the positive sides to, to, to refing. Like, we need refs in sport. They they are everything, and without them, we won't have the game. So, what what would you say to young refs coming up, and, and what did you enjoy about refereeing? And you could sell the dream to to young, inspiring uh, refs out there. 
just make sure his dad's not playing when you should enjoy your game a lot more. But uh, <laughs> uh, thanks for that, mate. That was good. Um, no, um, geez, mate, you know, I've been lucky enough to, to, to play, you know, coach and ref, and, and I think refereeing still still the most enjoyable, um, you know, in terms of being able to be in the middle of a game, of, you know, quite often we're, especially in New Zealand, we're very lucky how the quality of rugby doesn't matter if it's under 13s or, or test match rugby. We're always involved in, in a, a pretty good game of rugby and, um, and uh, you just get to meet some some amazing people, and um, just it's an awesome time to be to be a referee. And I, you know, so many kids I talk to now are actually doing both, still playing and refereeing, and that, that's the best way. So get a good understanding of um, what it's like to be a referee, but also keep your hat on as a, as a rugby player and, and enjoy both. So and, yeah, it's, it's just certainly a, a good way to to enjoy the game, and also you know. A lot of travelling, so it's a good way to meet people around, out there, and um, and uh, you know, like like to see busy people getting the red and lose it. But uh, normally, that's just to be eighty minutes, and, and then afterwards, depending on your grade, you can have a bloody coke or a beer and enjoy uh, what what just happened in the game. Spot on, it's Glenn Jackson on Paz and Izzy for breakfast. Glenn, we really appreciate you joining us, mate, and um, I look forward to. Shadney, a glass of wine down at Gibston Valley. What a beautiful part of the world that is. So we look forward to that in time, mate. But really appreciate all that you've done for New Zealand rugby and, and all the referees out there who a lot of them give up their time. Obviously, some are paid for, for their services, but start somewhere and they, they work away and they volunteer and they do the job that no one else wants to do. And we really appreciate it, mate. So thanks, thanks heaps for joining us. Awesome. Thanks, fellas. Keep up the good work, Chief. Glenn, Glenn Jackson, what a champion, eh? How good's that? Just to give some Valley chat 7am on a Thursday morning too. Up and about. Doesn't that get you excited? Is Oh, there you go. A little plug for Gibson Valley. You're going to be spending a lot of time down there once it's all finished and developed. But, mate, I just want to talk about that story. Yeah, 2016, Hurricanes, Crusaders. Glenn was actually refereeing there, and I spoke to him couple of weeks ago when Fiji were playing the All Blacks in Dunedin and he said that was probably the worst game he's ever refed. Uh, you know, the players' emotions were all over the show. Especially New Zealand derbies, we're playing against, um, you know, good foes. It's actually 2017, I must say. Uh, Hurricanes in, in, uh, in Wellington. And I just, yeah, completely lost it. And I was saying some things I probably shouldn't have. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to apologise to Brendan about that because, yeah, I was, I was spraying him. And and it wasn't just in that moment. I was still going on 15 minutes later, you know, looking at him and, and saying some things on the sidelines. So my behaviour was very poor. Did you get fined for it? No, no, I nearly. I nearly got fined. Uh, so what happened is Razor went into Jacko's, uh, you know, changing room, post it, and tried to speak to him. And then he said, look, mate, Israel's lucky that he is a good bloke and we he's never done anything like this. Otherwise, we would have taken him to the New Zealand rugby board and I would have been fined. And I should have been fined, you know, when I think back to it. It was so what, absolutely disgusting what, behaviour. What led you to that? So there was a decision in the game. So they did a crossfield kick to Julian Savia and we went up and I felt like he knocked it on and then he regathered it and then picked it up and scored a try. So, and then he just awarded it. So I was just trying to tell him to go upstairs to the TMO. Go upstairs, it's a knock-on. Go upstairs, it's a knock-on. But they didn't go upstairs, and he wasn't giving me anything. He wasn't even looking at me when I was talking to him. So I just, yeah, lost it. 
and uh, changed my tune and started saying some things that were very, very disappointing. So, yeah, it was just the heat of the moment, mate. You just wear your heart on your sleeve. You you want to do everything at all costs to win. And um, in that moment, we were losing and I was a sore loser. So there you go. <laughs> Nearly got a fine and lots of apologise. Oh, at least you've stood up and owned it now, mate. But um, it was great to hear from Glenn Jackson, very considered man, and and just done so much, not just for rugby refereeing, but think of his previous career as well, involved in rugby, and now he's still involved in rugby, so we appreciate him joining us. It is seven seventeen ish on Thursday morning, the 5th of August, and you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast, and a big thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. <laughs> 22 minutes past seven on Bears and Izzy for breakfast. Still great stuff coming up this hour, including Sophie Devine. But double eight double three is the text number. And any time you text, you put yourself right there in the wrecking for potentially a new queen-size bed. Thanks to Temper Valued at $10,000. And the text of the week is getting themselves a temper pillow valued at $299. All of the goodies and the Kennard's Hire phone line, if you're finding anything interesting this morning, you want to have a chat to the boys, 0800 150 811, including where we go now. Izzy's Bomb Squad. Yep, well, good morning. It's my pleasure to bring you Izzy's Bomb Squad, and today is a very, very special occasion. A man that's uh, one of my great mates, and on the field we know what he's done on the field. Aaron Smith, 100th test this week for the All Blacks versus the Wallabies, versus the Wallabies in Auckland at Eden Park. So very, very special occasion for our good friend Aaron Smith. So if you got anything that you... Uh, you know, that you love about Aaron or anything, give us a text, double eight, double three. But what I want to talk about, everyone knows Aaron Smith, the halfback, the greatest ever. He changed the game, the fast-paced pass, his ability to get to the ruck, test those first and second defenders, but his delivery to that first receiver is always on the money. It's always in front of the, the player attacking the ball so they can hit the ball at place at pace. So it's no, no easy, I mean, it's no, you know, real... Surprise that as as it has played 100 tests, his game is absolutely outstanding and out of this world. But for me, it's his ability or his work off the field. That's where I, I really see a true champion, a guy that's, you know, dealt with a lot of adversity off the fields. Um, he's been so resilient. The things that he's gone through in his life off the field, uh, to go through that, that, that would have sunk 90% of, of, of people, anyone out there in the world, that would have sunk them and they would have, never ever came back so for me his ability to to get through what's happened i'm not going to bring up all the occasions but we all know about it so um you know the, the man that he's become today i see him he's an unbelievable husband to his beautiful wife tegan a father to luca he's another one on the way he is so driven he is so better to he is so driven to be a better person so for me i just want to say congratulations to Azza smith this week playing his 100th test, the only ever halfback to play 100th test for the All Blacks. And you think of the names, you got Jimmy Coward, you got Justin Marshall, uh, you got Bashup, um, you've got some absolute stars, Pity Weepu, that have played halfback. So for someone like him, Baz, that is my bomb squad, Aaron Smith, 100th test. What he's been through to get to now is an unbelievable feat.
Yeah, good stuff is absolutely made. You made some really, really sound points there around his distribution as well from and, and the link that he provided from the forwards to the backs. He, his pass, that's just what, when, when you mentioned Aaron Smith, that's what, as a, as a casual observer or a sports fan or an All Blacks fan, that's what he, it sort of um, stands out to me, his ability to be able to link the ball from the back of the scrum to the to the back line and just alight them and and you mentioned that had his pass and and his longevity as well um, for a halfback and his dedication and fitness absolutely spot on mate and it's, it's no surprise um, that he's it's, oh sorry mate it's, it's no surprise that he's as good as he is like I've been very lucky enough to have a front row seat to to what goes on behind the scenes and the work that goes in and around like off the field so he's constantly in the in the team room stretching um you know he's on the normatec which is a compression a recovery machine mm. he's on uh he's in the ice baths he's out there going to yoga pilates like he is investing into his body so young athletes out there it's it's not all about the talent you've obviously got to put in the work into your body off the field and that's what's so good about him is he his ability off the field with people behind closed doors? You know, we're all good when people are around, but it's when you're by yourself, when you're at home by yourself, and you've got to be told, Oh, I've got to go do some training here. I, I should, and you're always second guessing. But this boy, he is putting effort in, he is working hard at the Hondas. He is up at 5 a.m. every morning. He is at the gym doing rehab, doing his gym session, and doing skills session with Ricky Flutie. He's the skills coach down there. So, Mate, it's no surprises oh, that he's right. as good as he is and playing 100 years. 5 a.m. 5 a.m. he is at the gym uh, before everyone else uh, gets there. So they all get there and he's already done. He's already done his rehabs. He's already um, uh, you know, done everything that's needed. So we've got a great text here coming in. Always amazed by Aaron Smith's desire to improve. He is getting better and better with age, like a fine Gibson Valley wine. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Gibson Valley on fire this morning. On fire. Um, as I do remember, remember the Black Cat Clash game a couple of years ago, and we linked up that back line. So we had um, we did like a bit yeah. of a mock up between the cricketers and the rugby players, and we we set up a line out, and then the crowd was quite big as well. We set up the line out, and then we sort of created this back line. And I was standing at first five, and and um, as it was at uh, was at half back, and of course I'm used to sort of slightly less ferocity <laughs> on the. Um, on the pass, but it literally the first one, it blew through my hands. <laughs> I just dropped it cold and I sort of made a bit of a career out of being able to catch a ball. And this one just blew straight through my hands. And I was like, oh, okay. And he just looked at me and just sort of winked as if like, just push out a couple of meters, old boy. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, all right, sweet ass. <laughs> but yeah, that, but no, that, he's is legend, his, that is his greatest asset. You know, you look at the Hollanders, their ability to play fast and play at speed because when you've got a halfback like Aaron Smith who can hit you anywhere, so you've got runners coming back on the short side that are 10 metres wide, coming from the, you know, the, in, the outside view of the defender, so they can't see them coming, and his ability to hit them flat at the line and every ball, like you said, is at the, at the hands, at the target. That, like, mate, that does wonders for a, for a team. So Aaron Smith, when you've got a halfback like him who can hit a player anywhere and every time he passes it, it's on the money. Like you said, you're probably used to a few around your ankles. And what does that do to you when you're trying to attack? It's no good. Gee, I won't say that to my, 
my UMS halfback, so otherwise <laughs> I won't be able to get out of the studio here in Matamata. But no, he is a legend. And the, the, it wasn't that long ago he got an opportunity to captain the All Blacks too, which must have been a really proud moment for him and, and all of his family as well. And we wish him all the best in his 100th Test match for the All Blacks this weekend against Australia at the fortress it is Eden Park that the All Blacks know how to defend so, so well. So looking forward to watching that. It is coming up 7.30 on Thursday, 5th of August. And it's time to get to Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. At 28 minutes away from 8 o'clock, 0800-150-811 is the Kennard's Hire phone line at any stage. Just a quick update to remind us what we're watching today in the Olympics. Well, Lisa Carrington is going out there to potentially win her fifth fifth gold medal today in the K1 500 sprint. So she's in the semi-final four at 1.15 in the afternoon. And then the final, if she gets through that, which we think she will, is at one minute past three o'clock. And also we've got part of Izzy's Wednesday golf crew, Tom Walsh, out there in the shot put final at 2 at two o'clock in the afternoon. Jack O'Gill, of course, competing there too. And a little bit of news coming from the games as well. Transgender weightlifter Laurel Hubbard hints that retirement might be coming after she made games history competing. It just the moment was a bit big for her and she's thought that age might be catching up with her so we could be done with Laurel Hubbard competing. We'll watch that space. And just to throw back to you, Izzy, on double eight double three, the text of the month is getting a temper bed valued at ten thousand dollars, and the text of a week a temper pillow. I definitely understand Rassie's frustration. How can anyone follow a sport where the ref has so much influence on the outcome with so little accountability at the top elite level too? Good on Rassie for taking world rugby on and holding them accountable. Ross, now that is a very different perspective than we have had at all. Izzy, what are your immediate reactions there, man? Um, yeah, look, I agree. I, like, obviously, I spoke about that the other day with Ross. I said, look, as players, we get held accountable every time we play a game, you know, with, uh, you know, reports and, and the media, every, all these articles, everything like that. So, look, I, I 100% think we should be held accountable. I think it's the way we go about it. Like, maybe not a, a whole hour-long interview on, on a video um, outing every single little uh, decision that he might have got wrong because reality is we're all human and humans make mistakes and these things happen in the heat of the moment. Everything happens so quick. So refs and humans are going to make mistakes. Um, but, yeah, look, everyone needs to be held accountable. We are in a world sport. I think there's just better ways of going about it. And like Glenn spoke about it before, just go behind closed doors. I know the refs and the coaches have... A ton of meeting. I know Razor gives the refs constantly, uh, you know, a lot of calls and and catches up with them pre-game. I know the captains have a lot of connections pre-game. So yeah, look, there's just probably a better way going around it. You agree, Bess? Yeah, look, mate. I reckon they are held accountable. To be honest, I think we don't know necessarily mm. the process in and around that. But <clears throat> look, there's an elite panel in place, no different to the cricketing um, structures and. And you either get promoted or demoted based on your own, on that level of performance. So I understand the angle that Ross is coming from. I did notice that I thought yeah. I might see a plus two seven at the very start of his phone number there coming straight out of South Africa, but it wasn't easy. He is actually a Kiwi old Ross. So <laughs> it's an interesting <laughs> dynamic, an interesting discussion point that you 
um, that it is slightly contrary to what we have been saying. But I think there is a process in place where the, the officials are held accountable, but it's more in a mm. private setting than it is publicly. And that, to me, is where the real essence of this whole thing lies, is I don't, I don't mind what Rassi Erasmus is doing if he did it privately. To do it publicly, to me, brings the game into disrepute, and that's where he's now going to face those sanctions because of it. So, look, there is Victor Matfield. I heard him talking on TV um, this morning over in the UK, and he made mention that that was actually a bit of a tactic for Rassi Erasmus, that he takes pressure away from his players and tries to um, support them and that he uses all sorts of tactics to be able to do so, and this has clearly been one of them. So he thought it might have been a bit of a masterstroke, but I don't think it's a good look for the game. And as a ambassador of the game, you should be trying to trying to sell the game a little bit better than that rather than looking at the short term as well. So that's my viewpoint. But I understand Ross's view as well, but I do think that there is people who are holding these guys to, a, to accountability, to account, shall I say, sorry, is. No, 100%, mate. I totally, totally agree. Um, I've got a great text here. With all the trouble and challenges facing people in today in the world, Aaron Smith is a fine example of someone who has owned their mistakes, reformed, and become an inspirational leader, both on and off the field. That's Steve Shepard from Wellington. I totally agree. You know, like I said before, we, we are humans and we make mistakes. And I spoke about it yesterday with, with the alcohol. It's actually becoming to realisation that that you have some problems, that you have problems. And this, you know, Aaron's a fine example that he knew he had problems with with alcohol and, and, and things off the field. And he fronted it. He owned up to it publicly. He didn't have to own up to it. Oh, he did, obviously, with what's happened. But he owned it. And uh, I think he's, yeah, he should take, take a hat off to him, Bears. Spot on, mate. And that is what you do in sport. You grow up. And that is ultimately the idea of it. You come in, you perform. You come in as a kid. You leave as a established family man who has grown into a, a better person. So Aaron Smith seems to be that person. It is 7.38 and it is Baz and Izzy for breakfast. 17 minutes from 8 is the time. 0800 150 811 is the number to get in touch with Baz and Izzy throughout the morning. And when you do that, you go into the possibility of having coming away with the All Blacks experience because the Bledisloe Cup in Perth is not possible. So the caller of the month will win a Bledisloe Cup experience, an All Blacks experience even, thanks to Ballpark Entertainment on SENZ. But we've got the cricket commentary on at the moment overnight. And even though it's winter, it still feels like there's plenty of cricket going around Baz. Yeah there is heaps of cricket going on actually uh, Louis and uh, it's been good to watch I watched a little bit last night or listened to a little bit last night online and quite enjoyed the Indian boys just searing it round corners to the um, to the English batters and knocking knocking them over for 183 in their first innings of that test match um, but, uh, but there's some more cricket to come as well and it's actually the women's game which we are going to talk and we've got a very um, esteemed guest on our show this morning. She is the White Ferns skipper, and she is Sophie Devine. And yesterday the squad was named, and there was a notable admission, and that was uh, the all-rounder, the gun all-rounder, Amelia Kerr, who's decided to opt out of the tour to prioritise her own mental health and well-being, which has been a, a big topic and theme on our show right throughout um, since we've been on the air. And I guess understanding the extra pressures that come with bubble life and current state of how things are and just makes it so much harder to stay on top of things all the time and Sophie Devine 
the side skipper has also um, has a good grasp of the current scenario on the modern day um, athletes uh, challenges and we are joined this morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast by Sophie. Good morning, Sophie. Good morning, guys. Uh, mate, obviously exciting times ahead. The Tour to England, which is going to be pretty cool, but it's not going to be quite like other tours in regards to bubbles and things. Are you still looking forward to it? Yeah, absolutely. Like you say, that will be a slightly different tour than what we're used to. So, unfortunately, it's just how the world is at the moment. We're just extremely grateful that we can still be playing cricket, and that's what we would keep reminding ourselves is that we're, we are, we're very fortunate to be able to go over there and, and play cricket and, and represent New Zealand. And a strong squad as well. Obviously, the the omission of Amelia and and uh, you know all of us want to wish her all the best in in her next little stage. Have you spoken to? Well, I assume you've spoken to Amelia, and and she's going okay. Yeah, yeah. It's obviously um, a big loss for us not having Amelia come with us. I caught up with her. We, we shot some hopes actually just the other day, um, and, and she's going well. She's going really well. She obviously absolutely loves cricket, so it was a bloody tough decision for her to to step away but certainly the right one I think uh, mental health has to come first here and, and we speak about it a lot in the Watson's environment that you know we're people first and we need to care for our people first and, and that's, that's what's happened here so we know that she's got great support around her and, and when she's ready to come back and, and tick all the boxes we'll be welcoming her back with open arms so yeah look it's, it's unfortunate but certainly very excited especially two new cats with Claudia Green and Jess McFadgen jumping on board for the first time. So looking forward to them and how they go. Absolutely. Good to hear you shot some hoops as well. Hopefully it was like of the 3x3, three 3, uh, 3x3 nature and play a little bit of street ball. That's good to hear. Um, the uh, I guess the, the mental health stuff as well, mate, like it's not it's not necessarily the sport, is it, which sort of pushes us into this mental health situation. It's more around the challenges that you, that you face growing up and the various... Um, you know, issues which you come across and sport can, can heighten it. Is, is that fair to say, Soph? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think it's a really, it's a tough one. It's obviously pretty prevalent at the moment. I think you mentioned it just before. I mean, there's Naomi Osaka, there's Simone Biles, you know, nearly, I don't know, I've sort of dealt with it recently as well. And it's something I think as athletes, we're starting to feel, I guess, a little bit more comfortable being able to speak up and open about, which I think is incredibly important. But it is, it, it's sort of not always about the cricket, as I sort of just mentioned with Neely, we're, we're people first and then we've got similar issues to everyone else. We're not sort of superhuman or invincibles to the everyday struggles that, that most people face. So, yeah, look, I think cricket can certainly heighten it and especially now the environment we find ourselves in. I know for me that's probably the biggest challenge is being able to switch off and step away when you actually can't really do that in bubble life because you're, you're either confined to the cricket ground or you can find to your hotel room. So it's pretty difficult to be able to find space or something that, that's away from that environment. Hey, Sophie, uh, Izzy here. I just want to say uh, you took a couple of months off uh, earlier in this, this year. How are, you, how are you tracking? Yeah, yeah, look, I'm, I'm really good, thank you. I think, um, again, it was a, a really difficult decision for me to, to step away and one that I almost couldn't make in the end and it sort of came down to... Bob Carter and New Zealand cricket actually stepping in because I, I guess I was so desperate to continue on even though looking back now it was certainly the right decision and I, I do I liken it to if you pull a hammy I mean it's no different if you can't you know, fulfil your role to 100% then 
you're letting yourself down, you're letting your team down. So for me, um, yeah, it was bloody tough and it sucked it came in sort of the middle of a series as well. So, you know, these things don't always um, come at the right times. But for me, it was really important and, and obviously getting support with New Zealand Cricket and the Players Association was massive. So it's an ongoing process and it's certainly something um, I hope doesn't happen again, but I'm also aware that it might and hopefully now I've got some, some better strategies in place to, to deal with that. Uh, like it, it really hits home there, like um, not for just sports people, but obviously people in business and people out there in the, in the public. What what can you say? What does this decision for you being able to speak up, and, and what will this do for you going forward, having a break away from the game? You you reckon it just breathes a bit of life back into to what you want to do because things can get pretty repetitive and pretty stale if you keep doing the same things every day and day and out. Oh, absolutely. I think that's the thing. Like. We want to just normalise this sort of conversation around mental health and well-being. I think, I think Peewee, I think everyone for, for a long period of time is sort of she'll be right attitude and, and you just charge on. But, um, you know, I, I guess I've seen firsthand the effects of trying to push through and it's it's not good and, and you're not, I guess, doing yourself any favours and your teammates and your co-workers or whoever it is. So for me, I think it is, it's really important that we can be open and honest about this sort of conversation because it affects so many people. I think certainly for me in my experience, I, you do, you feel like you're alone and what you're going through and what you're feeling is unique to you, but being able to share that load and, and talk with people is, is so important and, and you actually do find it is, you know, unfortunately, a lot more common than you think. So, um, yeah, look, and like I said, it's not just athletes. This is so prevalent um, in, in every sort of sector in the world. So... The more we can talk about it, normalise it, the better we're going to be. Mm. Normalise it, spot on. That's why conversations like soften up, bro, or soften up Wahini and the movements in behind that, and boys can cry too or girls can cry too are also fabulous catch cries and, and movements to be able to normalise the conversation around mental health challenges as well. So, look, so far, we've, we're going to have to get going in a sec, but just in, in regards to um, the tour... You have uh, three T20s and five ODIs. Um, I know you've got a you've got strong belief within that squad. Um, it'd be nice to to make a bit of a statement to be able to try and get get back to winning ways and and to get the the white ferns to where they should be, which is towards the top of the ladder in, in women's cricket, right? Yeah, yeah, too. Right? I think we've had a fantastic build-up. We've had five camps now over the last couple of months, and we're rearing to go. I think we've been extremely fortunate the facilities and resources we've had both up in Tauranga and, and down in Christchurch and uh, look for us I've been really impressed with the group and how we've been building we've spoken a lot about we haven't been happy with our results in the past and, and we still want to draw a line draw a line in the sand with that and, and moving forward and this tour to England is a perfect you know opportunity for us to to really start to make a mark moving forward we know that you know we've got a few more pillars to tick off before we get to the World Cup but the opportunity to play against the current uh, 50 over world champs, there's no better opportunity there for us. So we are, we're looking forward to getting over there, playing some cricket um, and, you know, starting to, to find that brand and, and style that, that we know can help win the World Cup. Beautiful. Thank you very much for joining us on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, Sophie, and all the best. Cheers. Thanks for having us, guys. Thank you. That was Sophie Devine, White Ferns skipper. It is seven or eight minutes to eight, and this is Baz and Izzy for breakfast. 
nearly news time with Trudy and nearly McCafe time for us, but an amazing chat with Sophie Devine. What an excellent human being and texts coming in about that, is he? Yeah, yeah, great text here. Honestly, don't know the answer and maybe you guys will have a better idea. The world of the world for athletes has changed and a lot more mental challenges. Have New Zealand Sport as a whole added additional mental health support and mental health workers around all our athletes or is there an expectation for current staff support to pick up the additional needs of the athletes? That is a great question. Put your name to it, please, so we can congratulate. Oh, this is a hell of a talking um, subject for me, Bears. Not just in sport. I want to know out there, uh, uh, within your workplace, if, if your bosses or your current... Um, you know, um, employees or employers have things in place for, for employees that are struggling. So give us a text and let us know if there is uh, things in place for employee employees when they are struggling to get to get some help. So give us a text, double eight, double three. Baz, for me, I know oh, we, we spoke to the master the other day, Gilbert Anoka. He's been the only one for me that I've kind of reached out to when I've been struggling. Throughout my career, I probably used them quite a bit. Um, especially in the middle stages of my career when I was struggling uh, a little bit mentally. I, I reached out to him. So he was a, a, a guy for me that, that helped. Was anyone in the cricket in these circles that kind of was in place? Well, Gilbert Anoka was there um, for quite a long time. is, yeah. and, and then also Gary Hermanson, who was a, a guest on um, Smitty's uh, breakfast show the other day as well. And and again, a, a really kind-hearted man and speaks sense and... Um, and had a huge part to play. And, and those guys are ongoing support networks for for these guys too. And you make a good point, mate, not just about sport, but it's all all aspects, all jobs in life. I, I live in a rural area here in, in the Wai, Waikato, and, and you think of all the farmers who are out there, all the dairy farmers. They're up early. They're out there on their own. They're having to manage themselves and, and all the challenges that, that go with all of that too. So they all need support as well, and, and it's certainly something that, um, in the sporting world, we need to continue to bring in expertise because coaches, managers, physios, etc., aren't skilled enough in that particular um, skill set to be able to provide the kind of support that we really need to. So, look, there's plenty of we can talk about this a little bit more after, and I'm sure we'll get some texts on double eight, double three about it too. But for now, we're just before eight, and here's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building. New Zealand. Good morning, uh, everyone out there. It's just after 8 a.m. in the morning on Thursday, the 5th of August, and you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. I wasn't sure whether to say Aotearoa or New Zealand uh, after the debate which is going on at the moment. Jeep, as I was sort of torn both ways. Surely both are acceptable, right? Anyway, I digress, and we're into the last hour, the final furlong of our Thursday morning, and it's been good fun. We've had some awesome guests on already. We've had Taylor Britt, the 3x3 tall black. We've had Glenn Jackson, the former international rugby referee. We've had Sophie Devine, who spoke so, so well on the very delicate subject that is mental health and sport. And we have some more good guests to come. We have Andrew Goodman, who I know is a good mate of yours, is he? And I know you're looking forward to chatting to him as we head into this final hour, my friend. Yeah, looking forward to chatting to Andrew Goodman. Like, with so much sport on at the moment, you know, we also got the, the netball final on Saturday, the Tactics versus the Mystics. So we'll cover that tomorrow. 
leading into that final, which is going to be an absolute doozy. I know Kieran's in the background. He works with the Mystics. He's hoping we get Mystics online tomorrow afternoon. Ah, uh, tomorrow morning. We'll 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 see, mate. We'll see. We might have to get the tactics on. I think so. Uh, we've got that coming up, and obviously the Bunnings starting this weekend with uh, the NPC, and we've got Andrew Goodman. We've got a great text here, Bears. Great night of cricket on the radio, boys. Cheers, SENZ. Off to feed the cows half asleep. Patty and Lulu love a pillow. <laughs> That's from Patty. There <laughs> we go, Patty. That's He's brilliant. happy with the cricket online, mate. Yeah, that's good. Also isn't got it? another text. That's here. kind of what you grew up listening to the cricket online, right? And now we've still got it. That's great. Or well, we've got it again. What's the next one? Uh, just got it. Uh, my workplace has an EAP employment assistance, which is fantastic knowing it's there. Um, this is from Damo. Baz, just checking you're in a better space today after your three <laughs> by three B ball meltdown yesterday. Just looking out for the brother. That's Damo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Damo. Hey, good on you, son. Yeah, look, I just think, you know, it wasn't just the three X three that I was having the melt on. I was having the melt on the whole party plane on the way home and how we were, we were trying to be do-gooders and tell the fellas and the girls that they couldn't, have a good time on the way home after giving five years sacrifice to try and do their thing for their country on the world stage. And they let their hair down on a chartered flight with no one else around. It's not like they could get in too much trouble on a plane. That was what I was having the, the gripe about, Damo. Anyway, good morning hey, to you, Damo. I think, half a, I think half of New Zealand agrees with you, mate. Half of New Zealand agrees with you. I've read the stuff, comments, and they're like, good on them. Let them be, whoever this person is. Oh, grow up. Let them have a party. I totally agree, mate. And someone that would have gone so good on that plane, someone that goes real, real good in our India do is Andrew Goodman. The Bunnings NPC kicks off tomorrow night with Counties Manukau and Manawatu Clash, but it's the Tasman Marco we're going to take a bit of focus on now. They're two-time defending champions now after building a program over the last decade, which has grown them to sustain serious success. Andrew Goodman is the head coach of the Tasman Marco. He joins us now. Good morning, Goody. Morning, Tiger. How are you? I'm very, very good, mate. How's uh, how's the preseason been? And looking forward to ripping in the set It's coming around quick, eh, mate? Yeah, how good, eh? You know, the boys have uh, had a good couple of weeks together, which has been a bit different to usual, because we're usually um, straight kind of straight ripping into it after Super, so to have a little bit of a pre-season has been, been real good, and uh, what a first challenge up in the bay against a real strong team, so the boys are really looking forward to it. Yeah, that's that's the other bay, mate, so get that right. Uh, a ton of real players. Bay, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, they are, they are. I apologise for that. Funny, you are the real bay at the moment. Hey, uh, mate, you've got, a, you've got a ton of rep players in the squad. Had you planned for this? Like a guy like David Harvelli, who has been a champion for years over the last couple of years, he's been pivotal for your success. Had you planned for this? Yeah, like we hadn't been expecting David the last three years, really, mate. The way the way he's been playing uh, super and the yeah. way he's performed for us. But as you say, he's been an absolute champion. He holds so much uh, mana within our not only our team but the whole region, really. Eh? So. Uh, yeah, as I said, we're, we're so stoked that he's um, been given that opportunity to wear black now because, as you know, he's worked so hard for it and he totally deserves it. Mm. You can see by his performances that he's done a done a great job in, in the couple of games he's had so far. So, 
Um, as much as we all uh, miss it, miss his leadership, miss his on-field performances, and this miss Dave as a person, um, we, we're really stoked for him, and we're yeah happy that we've got um, someone like Tom Marshall coming back into the environment to slot into that fullback position and do a really good job for us. Uh, morning, Andrew. I um, I just noticed we yesterday when Sam Kane came on, and this morning when you come on, there's like a mischievous kind of laughter when you say "Good morning, Dagger." It's like this. It's it's almost like you can't quite believe that Izzy's up at this time in the morning talking to the nation and talking with the nation. <laughs> it's kind of mischievous, and I'm going to probe that a little more, probably off here than on it. But anyway, uh, I digress. Mate, you're a proud Tasman man. Um, can you can you see his success this team? has impacting the, the wider community and, and also filtering down to some of the lower levels? Oh, yeah, massively, mate. Um, it's just, I think it's just so cool for, you know, the local kids around the region, with, especially the latest couple of All Blacks with Ethan, who's a Collingwood kid, and um, he had come through the grades, Nelson College, etc., and now he's taking that step into the All Blacks, and same with Dave from what, like the, for those smaller communities to see there's a pathway, uh, through staying around in the, in the Tasman region and playing for the Marco, then on to Super and onto the top stage is, is pretty amazing. So, yeah, our uh, fan base is just growing stronger and stronger every year. And uh, as I said, it's great for for that younger generation that there's a pathway pathway for them now. Hey, other than the never-ending salary cap. What makes Tasman's side so successful? <laughs> Not just last year, but years before. <laughs> what makes this team so successful? Mate, you, you've talked about this before, mate. You know the reason the boys come back is the sun, the fishing, the hunting, golf courses. <laughs> it's just a beautiful place to live, mate. I've talked about this before. The currency of sun, mate, it's a, it's a great thing. And... Uh, <laughs> Now, I always go back to, as you say, lots of guys like Dave and uh, Hunty and Quinn Strange and that they're such uh, passionate uh, lads. They love the region so much that when we do get someone like Andrew Makaleo or Finn Christie come in for an opportunity that, you know, they, they see the, the passion that those guys have and it's kind of contagious. They um, make this place their home and, yeah, want to perform for the region as well, which is a, which is a cool thing. And it's been driven by that senior group of leaders over the last few years. Hey, you spoke about it. Mitch Hunt, Quinn Australia, co-captains this year. Uh, hell of an experience, ton of experience with them then. But I want to talk about Quinton. Obviously, yeah, what, what do you want to see from, from Quinton this campaign? Obviously, injury-free would, would be a start. Yeah, mate, he's looking forward to his on his toes. He's obviously coming back from another injury at the moment, but he's just really looking forward to um, getting a full campaign under his belt getting the body right and you know he's he was named in the All Blacks this time last year so he's he's got some goals around just getting getting that performance level back up through consistency of rugby he's a smart operator and uh, does a good job when he when he can get that consistent game of game time so we're looking forward to seeing that from the big man this year mm. Andrew uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the show mate on Baz and Izzy for breakfast I'm sure you two will exchange some messages off here as well about uh, about some of the other things you guys get up to. But it's been an absolute pleasure, mate, and all the best this season with um, with the Marcos and, and hopefully the NPC is an absolute beauty of a competition. We all get right in behind it. So thanks for joining us, mate. Go to the Magpies. Yeah, cheers, cheers.
I'm just looking forward to the Magpies winning their first four Shield challenges at home, Izzy, because we've got them around 10, <laughs> and that would be a real nice... Yes, I, know. I was going to ask you that, I was gonna ask you that. Saturday, 9th of October. <laughs> What's the score, yeah, mate? Good, What's mate. the score? Oh, that's <laughs> good. Oh, it's going to be so... I'm visualising that day already, mate. It's going to be good stuff. You'll be up there, eh? Yeah, I'll be there, bud. All the best, eh? And um, have, have a great season, and we'll see you, we'll yeah. see you Saturday, 9th of October. Sounds good, brother. Thanks, lads. All the best, mate. See you. Thanks, mate. How good's that? How good's that? Just good, good Kiwi chat, eh? Like, oh, good, good fun. Do you reckon maybe if uh, that shield challenge actually unfolds, get um, get you two maybe on site together? That'd be pretty good, is. That'd be great, mate. I'd love to have be on site for that. I think I'm actually working that with the sky. I'm doing some commentary for that game, so it's going to be a cracker. And if it is a shield challenge, mate, there won't be anything bigger. Tasman v Hawks Bay, who last year, if they were in the same division, I thought would have been a crackering final. So awesome, awesome to chat with them. Bunnings NPC starts this weekend. Can't wait. Yep, there's one text here that we should just read out too. Where is it? Old Goody telling himself what he wants to hear. There's no way they get the players they do because of the lifestyle. Ha ha, won't be long. The Crusaders will put a policy in place to stop Tasman coaches coaching with them. The Canterbury Union won't be happy with more and more players heading up the highway. That looks like it's <laughs> Izzy Dags written that. <laughs> From Iz Ahoka. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Anyway, it's... <laughs> It's 14 minutes past eight, and you listen to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SNZ. 19 minutes past eight on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, brought to you by a Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 0800 150 811 is the Kennard's higher phone line. We want plenty of you all throughout the show, but now it's one of our favourite parts of the show. It's time for a TAB live update. Bet on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. And, Paul, you've got a bit of interaction for us today. That's right. We've got a a new promotion, the NRL Multibuster. Just place a four or more leg NRL Multi and get a refund up to $50 as a bonus bet if one of your... if your bet misses by one leg. So I thought, why don't we all throw together an NRL multi uh, and see what we can come up with. Nice. Good option. Beautiful. I'm keen. I'm keen. And and last week I wish I took the Warriors because they bet the Tigers. They would have been paying some good money last week. That was paying. You you can ask all the punters who backed the Warriors last week. They know they were paying good. (laughs) <laughs> well, on that note, oh, I'm, I'm going broken. straight for the Warriors then. I'm taking the Warriors over the Sharks, and I'm not even going to take the point start at nine and a half. Paul, I'm going straight on the nose, head to head. I think they're paying about $3.05, so that'll be my play for the multi. Oh, that's, that's, that's just like you, uh, as, as if you were walking out into the middle of the Basin Reserve, <laughs> you head straight to the boundary. <laughs> what, what about Izzy? Oh, I'm just having a wee look-see here, and one that's pretty yeah. juicy to me is the Knights v. the Broncos. And I'm thinking the Broncos have been on a wee little bit of a run lately, so I'm going to take the Broncos to beat the Knights. Oh, it's Fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what, this is going to be I don't know what the odds are, but... They are $3.65. I love the odds. Paul, you so, know I love as long an odds. Give me an odd all day. So you've just caught one, <laughs> caught a highball, is he? Just inside your twenty-two, <laughs> and you've just 
launched this massive big goose stepping run all the way down the field and you're looking like you're scoring in the corner. Beautiful. I can, I can see Shag in the stand yelling out, put the ball down, put the ball down. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Any young kids out there, never celebrate before you put the ball down. Don't follow Izzy. Oh, brilliant. Paul, um, I, see, I didn't know the lads were going to go so wide, but I'm going wide as well. I'm taking the Panthers 1-12 to against the Roosters. I think the Roosters, would, you know, they're a bit depleted, but they'll always put up a scrap. But the Panthers should be too strong. So that's $3.30. So those combined odds there for us are $36.73. Well, I'm going to take a shorty then because this is getting ridiculous. Um, I'm going to take the Gold, the Gold Coast Titans just to beat the uh, North Queensland Cowboys. They're paying a dollar thirty, uh, and that multi comes out to forty-seven dollars and seventy-five cents. Beautiful. We can't go any worse than Smitty. It's <laughs> <laughs> good to know, Paul. Oh, that is brilliant. No, thank you for that. All right. Well, I guess we're all going to have to have some skin in the game. So I'm going to have to load my TAV account up and, and get a little tenor on that. Thank you so much, Paul. Promotions in play and hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit can I have TAV- 50 bucks, Paul? T- visit TAV. Well, apparently, you want $100 for the, the quiz tomorrow, you versus Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, mate. I can't wait to ring up James in the morning. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, that is so good. Yeah, I wonder if I'm surprised Paul didn't actually make mention of you just giving out cash left, right, and center from the TAB for bonus bets. Is uh, if they don't give it out, I'll, I'll add in 50 of myself. That's how confident I am. He won't get anywhere near tomorrow's quiz. Ah. <laughs> oh. So Louis, what are we doing here? Are we going? Are we? Are we still moving on to the next stage? We may as well. Eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh look, I, look, mate, we can't, we can't let this go past because before the show, you were arced up early, and that's in the five o'clock hour, and we've left it to eight twenty-three. But there was the news uh, that came through late last night that three of the Wallabies lads have been ruled out, including Marika Korobiti, who is a weapon, as Izzy Dag would know. I've been st- stamped out of this Bledisloe clash because they broke curfew on a drinking session. I think you've got a couple more details there, Baz, and a pretty strong opinion about it. Yeah, that's right. Well, David Rennie came out and said in a statement, we're building a culture of working hard for each other and being accountable for our actions. On this occasion, these three players haven't lived up to that, and we've taken a very clear stance. Ultimately, these three men have paid a big price for their decisions, but that's the standard we expect of each other. I'm just going to digress slightly, right? So Carlos has sent a text through. He said, Brennan, you just accused Marcos, Mr. Goodman, of being mischievous twice. You may need to check the correct, correct pronunciation. It's mischievous, regards Carlos. Well, to me, you're pretty much trying to provide the same sort of stickling kind of rules. No one likes the corrector, Carlos, and that's not very... I mean, I'm not the most gifted when it comes to pronunciations. <laughs> My bad, okay? Well, these guys are trying to grow up in the environment and they're going to make a few mistakes along the way too. And I don't quite understand that the idea of providing a ring of defence around them, of providing these boundaries, I don't get that. These guys are going to come in at 20 and they're going to leave at 35. That's the idea, right? They're going to come in, they're going to come in with no, no family, no kids, no responsibility as such. They're going to leave with all of those responsibilities. You need to learn where the where the boundary is, learn where the line in the sand is that you shouldn't cross. And you can only do that by making mistakes. Providing a structure where you put a curfew on people, my 
God, that does, doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. And what are you teaching them? You're trying to build them for life, not keep kids for and with confined preset boundaries. So I'm not in favour of curfews whatsoever. You need to teach people to make the decisions for themselves. I'm not sure if you agree with mm. that, is, but that's my strong stance on it. No, no, I, I totally agree. I know what you're doing there. Like, the reality is, when you're in these teams, you are men and, and you are representing an organisation like the Wallabies, like the All Blacks, like whoever you're representing. You're representing these organisations that uphold high standards. So a curfew, look, a curfew's, yeah, it's, it's a funny one. You know, there's probably a curfew in place maybe for players that make bad decisions, but I'm like you, mate, I don't agree. We are grown men. And if we make those bad decisions where we go we go drink too many uh, on a night out or we go make silly mistakes, we'll be held accountable. A curfew is, yeah, maybe for high school kids, I'm feeling, mate, same as you. Good stuff. What about Carlos? Gee, man, give me a break. Crikey, you didn't even spell my name right anyway, so I'm going to correct you. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's another text in there as well about Alamo yesterday, the success of Alamo, the horse that I've got a leg in, Izzy. And it was along the lines of what a great ride by Danielle it was yesterday on Alamo to get up at the last, in the last, on the synthetic at Cambridge. And Louis and I debated the merits of this ride at the start of, uh, the start of the day where he jumped on. He said, what a great ride by Danielle. And I said, it was a great ride by Danielle from the 800, but she found herself on a sticky spot, and then she called upon all of her, uh, all of her guile and and, uh, and expertise, and she found a way to part the seas of the remainder of the field, and push Alamo through, and he strode away for a, a, a good victory, and he looks like he might have a bit of a future in front of him. Stephen Marsh has done a good job with what was a cheap purchase off Gavel House. What did you think, Louis? I, this is a funny one because you can jockeys. Uh, there's actually a, there was a Facebook pad, a page set up a while back that that was made to like where the jockeys would send all of their like angry DMs. It was called Angry Broke Sad, where they were just getting like pun, miserable punters into like berating them, and they would send these ridiculous kind of messages from punters. And punters, are very irrational people, as Izzy and myself would be able to tell you. Actually, all of us would be able to <laughs> <laughs> would be able to t- tell you, um, but. For whatever reason, you can kind of watch her same ride and think two different things. Like, I thought it was a brilliant ride because she had cover the whole way, went to the rail, so the horse did not a lot of work, and she's backed herself to find the gap, and she actually had the horse out in the clear on the bend, so there was no trouble she could find herself in. And you kind of saw it a little bit differently, maybe because you owned the horse, and it's always a bit more nerve-wracking watching with a, a stake in the game. But the last thing you want to do, and this kind of comes back to a lot of the themes we've been talking about this week, and actually almost kind of in a way you you spraying out the the well actually spraying out the refs is more understandable because you're not actually in the heat of battle when you punt. But for whatever reason, some people feel like you kind of they get really carried away, and it's it's not really on as it is. No, not at all, Louis. Uh, I think we should just leave it where it is. And, uh, yeah, what about that punt, though? <clears throat> Sorry about that. I thought you were talking about punting and 
and things like that, and I just kind of drifted off and <laughs> wasn't really listening to you. So, oh, that's, oh well. that's, that's all right, mate. You, 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 you just don't worry, mate. That's fine. Anyway, I'll just, Sorry, I'll, just leave, I'll just see myself out. You guys just do the rest of the show, and that'll be good. All right, see you. See you. <laughs> Apologies, mate. Apologies, mate. I, oh. I was listening. I was listening to. I was listening. Who you talking about oh. horse racing? I just drifted off. Sorry about that, mate. Apologies. I love your voice, yeah. Louis. But Louis, you are our voice of reason mate you are our, you are our saviour so I really really appreciate you I didn't mean to be disrespectful there and say that <laughs> oh, oh we're losing our shape again oh. it's about this time in the morning it always you want, happens you want to know who's angry broke sad now is he you want, you want to, right get up at 4 o'clock 3.45 in the morning come here and you fall asleep when I start to speak Oh. Right, we're gonna have to get Trudy Sorry, to mate. give Louie a cuddle after the news. <laughs> let's get to let's get to Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Twenty-eight minutes away from nine o'clock on SENZ. Baz and Izzy for breakfast and thank you wherever you are around the country. Not asleep at the wheel, listening to every word. We have to offer this morning double eight double three is the text line. Remember when you text, you're putting yourself up to potentially win a ten thousand dollar queen bed thanks to Temper. That's our text of the month and the text of the week. Well, even just as great, a two hundred ninety nine dollar Temper pillow. I tell you whose words we will be hanging off to later on today. And that is Ian Foster's because he names his all black squad to play in Bledisloe one. Izzy, I'm going to come to you again. Ready? (laughs) Yes, yes, I'm ready. Okay, good. Uh, Outside backs, this will be contentious because we're just loaded. We are loaded, mate. I apologise for that. I thought you were talking racing and I just drifted off. So apologies, but that's the radio. We make it laugh and funny. So anyway, uh, yeah, All Blacks team name today. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see what they... They're selected outside bats, absolutely stacked. I think the wing positions speak for themselves. I'm predicting Rico will be on the left, Sebu will be on the right. It's fullback for me is where they're going to probably make the biggest call, whether they are happy enough with Damian McKenzie and what he did in the three tests or whether they're going to go back to their dual playmaker, um, Bowden Barrett at, at fullback or whether they give a guy like Geordie Barrett. Geordie Barrett throughout the Super Rugby, I thought he was outstanding for the Hurricanes, he's big, he's strong, um, he's got a great kick on him. Whether they give him an opportunity, if it was me, I'd probably give Geordie an opportunity at the back. I think he's probably the best fit for me. Um, and obviously Bodie will be coming off the bench covering 10 and 15. So if I was the coaches, that'll be my back three, Rico, Sivu and Geordie Barrett at the back. Beautiful, Izzy. Baz, um, your area of expertise, yes. uh, of course, starting ahead of Dan Carter and that secondary schools team 100 years ago. Um, <laughs> first fives, is 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 Richie Moonga a lock to wear 10? Or is there a chance that at some stage Ian Foster gives the tried and tested Bowden Barrett the reins back? Well, first of all, we've got a plethora of talent, haven't we? And just the names that Izzy's running through in the back three there, let alone know some of our midfield and then as you've just alluded to uh, Louis onto the uh, the fly half or or first five eight position I think I think he is a lock there um, Richie Mwanga and I would certainly go for Richie Mwanga um, but I would imagine at some stage um, Bodie will get a run there as well just because um, you know you, you want to ensure that the resource is up and running and 
and your combinations and structure is in place as well, just in case something does eventuate, like an injury or, or a loss of form, etc. So, look, I think um, we're in a very privileged position right now with some of the, the talent we do possess within the All Blacks. Well, it's not right now because it's been the history there. You've got a 92% win ratio, so you, we're, we're good over the entire history. And I can't see that changing on Saturday as well, regardless of who they pick or who they start, because the fortress that is Eden Park is just absolutely um, dynamite for uh, for the punter as well to get him behind the ABs. Yeah, dead right. And yeah. is oh, sorry, you go, is he? Sorry, so yeah, I was going to say that team position. There's always chat about obviously who's going to start, but we have to look on the positive side. How great is it that we've got two absolute and actually three? world-class first fives. So we're going to get the best out of Richie in that first 40 minutes, and then you look back to 2015-2014 when Bowden Barrett came off the bench, and he changed the game. He always came on, added impact. So either way, they play, whatever roles they're playing in the game, man, we've got luxury having two quality players coming off the field. So um, whatever way we go, we're winning. And, and you spoke about, is Bodie going to get an opportunity? 100% he's going to get an opportunity at 10 <coughs> Uh, Ian Foster already spoke about it. There's, there's not much difference between Bowden and Richie Moonga, <coughs> sorry, yeah. and what you get out in the game. So uh, either way, we are winning and we are we are we are heading in the right direction. I can't wait for the Saturday night. Beautiful stuff, boys. It is 24 minutes away from nine. Hey, Lou, you can't really blame Izzy for tuning out. He probably thought you were going to share another average tip. Ha ha. Cheers, Ethan. Um, okay, that's someone who's not getting a pillow or a bed. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> and know how you guys feel, lads feel. I often have a power nap <laughs> in the Hayshed Patty and Lulu. Thanks for listening to us from the Hayshed Patty and Lulu. Keep your texts coming in. Double eight, double three. We're actually going in the hay shed of our own. It's in the sheds after this with Baz and Izzy. Anything you want to know from the boys' playing days, get in touch. 18 minutes away from 9 o'clock. We're here for a little bit longer. 0800 150 is the phone line. It is the Kennard's higher phone line even. We want someone to actually come and get in the sheds with us. Usually you just text in on 8833, which is lovely, but give us a call. I'm sure Baz and Izzy would love to talk to you as we do this. Sheds with Baz and Izzy. Yeah, Baz and Izzy for breakfast in the sheds. We have a few texts here. Is with the Aussie cricket team always talking about headbutting the line and winning at all costs. Baz, were you surprised about the sandpaper incident in South Africa? Or could you see something like that brewing for a while? That's Cody. Um. <sighs> I could see something like that brewing for a while, to be honest. Um, and as it might have happened in, in, in rugby as well, we sort of, you just see a team slightly lose maybe its, its identity. I look at the Australian cricket team of um, the early 2000s in particular and, you know, the greats of the game, the Ricky Ponnings, the Shane Warnes, Glenn McGrath, you know, all of those guys, Matthew Haydens. And you had a team who were genuinely the best team in the world and, and they had a bit of swagger and, and strut about them, but they always found time after that to be able to have a beer after the game and embrace their opposition. You know, play the game hard on the field, but then um, you know interact with the opposition off it. I felt as that South African incident um, started to uh, just prior to that South African incident, I felt like the Australian team their performances weren't measuring up to the early 2000s, but there was a little bit more strut and a little bit more swagger, and it was probably slightly 
unsubstantiated and I felt it became a little um, not authentic to them and, and that's why I felt like they were almost on a bit of a, a mission to try and uh, just just upset opposition and, and I don't think they quite really trusted their own games and, and I think it was starting to build towards something and I think you know that the way they carried themselves was was not as good as what it could have been during that stage and it didn't surprise me that an incident like that happened not particularly that incident but the fact that an incident did happen mm. and in the fallout since Has, have you had something in rugby mate like where you've sort of uh, you know seen yeah. a team just lose a little yeah. bit of their identity um look like we spoke about before the heat of the moment you you probably do things that you probably regret post it um but look there wasn't any big sandpaper gate like kind of scenarios there is obviously a lot of cheating at the breakdown cheating in the rucks where the cameras can't see a lot of things go on behind the scenes yeah a lot of grabbing holding people down um maybe the odd bite or something like that the aussies and and pocock wasn't wasn't bad at at cheating in the breakdown so we won't go there um but there wasn't any (laughs) any really big dramas or big things that, that, that blew the, the game into disrepute, you know. So, look, rugby and cricket, totally different, I, I feel. But um, mm. there's a great question here, Bears. Uh, hey, boys, we all know Bears was sipping on a Chardonnay and having a punt before striding out, smashing it. But, <laughs> Izzy, what was your change room rituals for the Crusaders and did it differ with the All Blacks? Cheers, PJ and Tamuka. PJ's actually been sending quite a few texts, so cheers to that, Peach. Mm. Uh, look, I try to keep it the same, to be honest. Like, there wasn't... I wasn't too big on pre-game rituals. Um, the only thing that I'd, I'd always do is I'd put my left sock on, my left boot, my right sock on, right boot. But reality is, um, as time went on, I felt like I felt like having these rituals, Bears, you'd probably be the same. Like When I was going through my middle stages, like 2012 to, to 14 or 25, 12 to 15, my pre-game ritual was so structured and was so full noise that I found... By the time I got to the game, I was so tired and I was so worn out. I'd, I'd just taken my whole focus on making sure that I drank this amount of water. I ate at this time. I wore my compression tights for this amount of time. I stayed in my room. I locked, So I used to lock myself in the room and listen to music for probably about 15 hours before the game. And I felt by the time I got to the game, I'd already played the game. And then I was tired throughout the entire match. So it wasn't but until 2015 when I got injured that I actually changed my whole routine. And what did I start doing was actually just being a bit more relaxed about my routine. On game day, if people wanted to catch up for a coffee, I'd go catch up with them. I'd, I'd get away from the hotel. I'd relax a lot more. Um, and I found that that helped me keep my energy up. So I wasn't sitting in my dark cave already playing the match in my mind so when I got to the game I wasn't burnt out did you have any different kind of scenarios like that mate oh absolutely mate and you're spot on there's the fine line between a routine and it becoming a superstition as Mm. well right and when it becomes a superstition that can be a little a little dangerous because you can't guarantee your performance so if you're chasing things which try and that you believe help you with your performance then you're really chasing luck and we know that luck and hope is not really a strategy it's sort of it's more of a, um, yeah, well, it's because you're not totally prepared. And, you know, I think there's a fine line as well between playing the game and being prepared for a game prior to it. And you're spot on. I know Craig Millen used to talk about often if he thought too much about his game, 
he'd turn up to a cricket game completely exhausted and he wouldn't be able to just go out there and react mm. to what he was what he was doing. I, sp- I reckon that's particularly the case for instinctive players is. Now, I think there's a, prov- a yeah. layer of structure needed to allow yourself to be ready, but then you need to allow yourself to just play what's in front of you and to live in the moment, or as Gilbert and Oak would say, be where your feet are. And it sounds very much like that was what you were like in your rugby career, and I was certainly like that in my career, career too, mate. 100%, mate. I was a very instinctive player, so uh, no, that's great, great chat. Uh, from from ourselves. If you had any questions, give us a text, double eight, double three. We'll try and get them in before the break. Baz? Yep, no, good call, mate. It is 12 minutes to nine. We're in the final throws of our our Thursday before we hand over to the voice of sport, which is Ian Smith, who's going to join us shortly for the temper sleep on it. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Baz and Izzy for breakfast, SNZ. <laughs> Six minutes away from nine o'clock, which means it's six minutes away from Ian Smith, who will no doubt want to hear from you throughout the morning on 0800 150 811. And remember, when you call, well, you put yourself right at the front of the line to potentially come away with the caller of the month tag and win the All Blacks experience thanks to Ballpark Entertainment on SCNZ. But the doyen is here. It's time for sleep on it, thanks to Temper. They've got mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases which conform to the exact shape of your body for unrivaled comfort and support, Izzy. Yeah, well, it's my pleasure to welcome in our good friend. Well, I'm starting to question if he is our good friend after <laughs> yesterday's wee chat when Sam Thompson wrote on our private WhatsApp page, can you tell us your greatest 25-year sport- sporting moments in New Zealand sport? And Smithy's come out and says, the day that Izzy and Bears retired... <laughs> Smithy, do you not love us? Well, it's the first thing that came to mind, is to be fair. It's like it's not like I've delved into the brain cells and, and had to really rack up something deep and meaningful. It was just sitting there right in front of me, and it just seemed a natural thing to say. So, uh, you know, whilst it was sad for some people, it was good for others. <laughs> oh, you're very, very good, mate. You're very good. A fellow Hawks Bay person, I thought it would have had my back. But anyway, I'll see you soon, mate, back in the bay. Hey, Smithy, we asked you yesterday for our temper sleep on it. We spoke to you about the Halbergs, um, with obviously a lot of success going on in the Olympics. Uh, not only that, the cricket. What were your thoughts about who's leading the way for that Halberg Award, Supreme? About a month ago, Izzy was a pretty easy one. And actually, I thought the Black Caps would, uh, having finally won mm. a world championship at cricket and, and taken us to the top of the ladder there and done it in such emphatic fashion. And what, the, what they mean to cricket and what they've meant to the sport and the image of it, I thought they were yeah. naturals. But of course, Olympic years are always different. And, you know, there's knee-jerk reactions and sentimentality comes into it. Uh, so I've got to say, right here and now, it's changed. Uh, sadly, for, on behalf of my cricketing buddies, it's changed. Uh, but I can't go past Lisa Carrington. I'm sorry. I, I just simply cannot go past Lisa Carrington. Uh, and no one else can either, just by the by, particularly in their boats. So it's, it's uh, uh, really, it's a lay down Mazir. She gets it. She's going to be our greatest ever Olympian. Um, and it's just, for me, it's a dollar one in shortening, I'm afraid. You had a great chat oh, with Tom. That is amazing. Yeah. Great commentator. Sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, that great chat yeah. yesterday with John McBeth, the, the great commentator. That was a good, good interview you had with him about Lisa Carrington. You're obviously a big, big fan. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's called some great um, Olympic moments. You know, he, he look, Daniel Loder, he's worked alongside the likes mm. of Anthony Moss. So he, he's got a bit rich history in the swimming side of things at the Olympics. Uh, but he, you know, he, he's... He's absolutely onto it, and it's a privilege for him because, you know, you know when you commentate and you guys have, are into the commentary business now, you, you every now you're Johnny on the spot and you get to call that magic moment, uh, and he's going to do that. Mm. He's going to do that for Lisa Carrington, and what he says will go down when she breaks the records and and whatever she does on a daily basis. His words go down in the annals of history, and, and that, from a commentary point of view, you cannot get much better than that if you get it right. There's always pressure to get it right. Spot on, and hence why the voice of sport in New Zealand is so synonymous with those key moments as well. That's 3pm today when Lisa Carrington has another tilt and another gold medal as well, which would take her to five, which is quite extraordinary. Just um, just on a slightly different topic, Smitty, I'm not going to ask you about who's on your show today. I'm more intrigued about how you would have dealt with the curfews back in your playing days that Dave Rennie has imposed on the uh, the Wallaby setup. Well, in my playing days, uh, it was totally different, Baz. Uh, you know, um, we, we, if we wanted to make a phone call, we probably had to go to a phone box. I don't, <laughs> there weren't too many mobiles around then. <laughs> Certainly not too many mobiles with the phones on them. Uh, and there, were, there was sort of psychological curfews. In other words, you, you were treated as grown-ups and people said, look, you know, you know what it takes to, to have to front up and play the next day. So just be very careful, you know. Do what you do and, and do what you feel comfortable with. There was a... Uh, one or two coaches said, um, uh, I can't remember, uh, you should remain lambless too. As long as you're home in your own bed by midnight, that's pretty cool. Uh, so that was that was one of them. But I, I just I just can't quite call who that was, but it's probably just as well that I can't. Uh, but, you know, you just did what you did. You probably just did what you did to get ready to play and what you felt comfortable with. Uh, and, and the world didn't know, and the, the world, you know, wasn't entitled to know. Now they feel that they are, and you're, you're a goner. You're an absolute goner. And so you're a silly, you're a bit of a silly fool this, this close to an, uh, a, a big rugby test match, for instance, these Wallabies, for running the gauntlet. I mean, there's no, uh, there's no, there's no upside of it, really, to be fair. If you have a good night on the mm, drug, you're not going to feel that great net the next morning. Well, if this radio stuff and TV stuff doesn't work out in the early stages of your youthful life and you become a coach I'd play for you with that mentality that's for sure Smitty all the very best today following us is uh, Ian Smith the voice of sport in New Zealand then Mark Stafford the beaver for drive all of us here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast and on SENZ a massive thank you and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow Kakitiano. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.